Talk Recorded live. Grace and peace to all. This is Dr. Jackie King with Jones Memorial United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. Welcome to our online study tonight. Uh, we will be looking at John chapter 8, and we're going to focus in on what does it mean to serve and know Jesus. Some of you are online by computer, and you'll be able to type your information into the text box. Others are online tonight by telephone. You'll be able to help me respond. Add up. Um, read scripture. I don't know how to add up. you got to add up. Okay, we're on live now, so we're going to be starting and moving into our, our reading scripture. Oh, 195. That's good. Okay. Um, let me just set the tone so those of you who have not seen before can understand that um, this is a live interactive <laughs> experience. If you're on my computer, you enter your responses into the text box, and I share that with everyone. If you're on by phone, we have a format. We uh, lift up our um, devotional, which tonight we'll be lifting up the devotional, The Sanctuary for Lent, written by uh, Sue Mink. I have a person who will read our scripture. Then I'll share the devotion, and then we'll um, go right into our time of prayer. And then we'll begin to look at John chapter 8. The lens of what does it mean to know Jesus? Okay. Should I get our person who is reading the scripture, which is John 8, 12 through 20? Please read our scripture. Dispute over Jesus' testimony. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In my in your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your Father? Who do not know me are my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He so spoke these much. words while teaching in the temple courts, near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Thank you. Here's the devotional readings from Sanctuary for the Lent. Uh, Jesus is the light of the world. Okay. Or Sukkah was the biggest, most joyous Jewish day Jesus' time. I will. Thank you. Eight days. Celebrated the final harvest of the year, God's blessings and God's presence. The highlight each night of Sukkot was the procession around the temple, 
illuminated by four huge lampstands. Celebrators danced with torches, and the light lit up the entire city. Imagine the setting. Lampstands blazing, odors of hundreds of sacrifices, and the joyous shouts of the crowd. It was there in the temple that Jesus said that he was the light of the world. Light is associated with the presence of God. The example was fire and light in Exodus. By declaring himself world, Jesus was affirming his divinity. Not only that, but he was using the of a joyous celebration around fire blazing in the darkness. He was telling the world that he was true reason celebration at the time. Prophecy in in Zechariah foretold the Messiah's presence at Sukkah when all the nations in the world would gather for celebration, it was the it was right that they all should be joyful because God was present in the flesh with them that day. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for allowing us to know that Jesus is the light of the world. Help us celebrate the presence of God today. Father God, as we come to you to study your word, we thank you, Lord, for the excitement. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in every place that we are. God, as people are hearing this and participating, Lord, we know that it will reach someone that we don't even know. So, God, I thank you that you would bless us and keep us, guide us and direct us as we study your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Again, good evening. I'm Dr. Jackie King with Jones Memorial United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas, and this is our online Bible study, and tonight we're looking at the scripture of John chapter 8 from the lens of what does it mean to God? What does it mean to get to know Jesus Christ? But when we're serving others and we're we follow Jesus and do what Jesus did, what does it mean to love Jesus, serve Jesus, reach and teach? But more to anything, what does it mean to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? When I ask the question, do you know Jesus, what comes through your mind? How do you know Jesus through what was read earlier, John chapter 8, verses 8 through 20. What did it tell us about getting to know Jesus? If you look at John 14, John chapter 8, verse 14, it says, Jesus answered, even if I testify on my behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and I and I am going. What does it mean to know someone? What does it mean to get to know someone? But more than that, what does it mean to know Jesus Christ as your Lord? When you say, I know Jesus has saved me, what does that mean to you? Someone who's on the phone can answer that question. What does it mean that Jesus, that you know Jesus? Anyone? What does it mean to know Jesus? His love. 
is grace, salvation, Uh healing. What does it mean when you can say, I know that Jesus has saved me? Anybody, what does it mean to know Jesus has saved you? We know that Jesus has saved us because we have confessed our sins. We have committed our lives unto the Lord, but we see Jesus as our Savior, and he has died that we would be set free so we can have eternal life. So when we know Jesus for ourselves, we know that we have a Savior who gave his life for us, but a Savior that will stand up for us, stay with us, be with us through thick and thin. But we also know that Jesus is the light of the world. When you think of the light of the world, what does that mean to you personally? When you hear the words, Jesus is the light of the world, what does that mean for you? That means he can do all things. That means he can do all things. What else when you know that Jesus is the light of the world? I'm no longer in darkness. You're no longer in darkness. So he can he can do all things, and if he's the light of the world, he breaks through darkness. And once he's broken through darkness, the world is never the same. What it also means is that we can realize that Jesus forgives our sins, and he reconciles us or brings us and restores us back unto him. We're no longer separated. We're no longer by ourselves, because when we are part of the body of Christ and the body of believers, we're believing that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, Healer, Confidant. Jesus is all things unto us. So when we hear the phrase, I am the light of the world, what does it help us to see is if there is darkness in the world, And Jesus is the light of the world. He is not only our Savior, but he is the one true and living God. I want you to imagine this picture. It's very, very dark, and it gets lit. All of a sudden, what was once dark, you can now see. And why can you see when that that, that light is lit? What happens? when that match is lit in darkness. What happens? You see a spark. You hear that spark. You see the brightness. But when the light of God breaks through the darkness of the world, you're no longer blinded by sin. You're no longer blinded by hatred. You're no longer in that space that says, I can't see, so it doesn't matter. When the light of the Lord is breaks through the darkness of the world, the presence of God is with us and all around us. Let me continue to just read um, where I dropped, where I left off. It says, "But you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards, and I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true." Because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. So if you're going to know Jesus, this scripture is also reminding us that you're going to know God. 
And if you're going to know God, you're going to know the Holy Spirit. Because number one, it's a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, God, sent Jesus to earth to change and transform the world. So Jesus is saying, I stand with the Father, and the Father stands with me. But the question, a lot of times people say, well, who is Jesus? We say it, we understand it, but to recognize it for what it fully is, Jesus is both divine and nature and human nature. He's born of a virgin, but he knew that his purpose was to go to the cross to save humanity. So in verse 21 of that same John chapter 8, it says, Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above, You are of this world, and I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sin if you did not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sin. Who are you, they ask. Just what I have been telling you from the very beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you. But he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him, from him, I tell the world. They did not understand what he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I had nothing on my own. I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. So this conversation in life with the people who were walking on the earth at that time, they wanted to know, are you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the one? How is this relationship? So part of understanding John and understanding what John is trying to share with us during this passage is we often hear the I am statement. In the book of John, there are at least eight different I am statements. If you look at John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus tells them the world at that time, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 8, verses 12, he says, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 8, we haven't read this one yet, verse 58, it says, before Abraham was, I am. In John chapter 10, verse 9, it says, I am the door. And then in that same chapter, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. 
And then by the time we get to John chapter 10, I mean 11, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 14, verses 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then John chapter 15, verses 1 says, I am the true vine. In other words, he is trying to engage humanity in a conversation so that there is a relationship so that we get to know who Jesus Christ is because he's wanting us to know that as I go to the cross, you need to know I am who I say that I am, and I am the one who can deliver the world. Why is this important? Because when we are following Jesus and doing what Jesus did, and he calls us to love and serve, we have to know who he is. So the conversation tonight, it begins with simply the question, do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what Jesus does for you? And as a human being, do you know what it means to love one another as he first loved you? What does it mean to recognize Jesus as the light in your life? Question, thoughts. What did you hear? What's gotten your attention? What does it mean to know Jesus as the light of the world? Questions? To know that Jesus is the light of the world, you you get to believe and you know that there will be no darkness. Okay. So you know that there will be no darkness. So when there's no darkness, what happens to your fear? It diminishes. It diminishes. It passed away. It diminishes. So when we begin seeing Jesus as the light of the world, does our heart change? Do we get into a different relationship with one another? Do we get into a different relationship knowing that Jesus is our Savior? What happens in our hearts? Tell me a little bit about that. Our hearts change. We become more forgiven. We become more understanding. And we want to reach out and spread the joy. Okay. How can you spread that joy? Tell me a little bit how did you spread your joy the joy of the Jesus Christ. You spread the joy of the Lord through your testimony, through your living experience, through ex- through your through the example of yourself. Okay? Okay. Well, someone online said when we begin understanding, we start to love. So, when we see the light of God and it becomes real to us, we begin to love. And part of that love shows up in we do forgive one another. We're more compassionate to one another. And we do spread that joy not only through our testimony, but we're willing to pray with one another and invite people to say, this is contagious. Knowing Jesus is contagious, and I want you to catch what I have. And we're willing to give the love away. And someone says here, we're willing to uh, serve others, and we're willing to connect with one another, and we're willing to be a part of one another's life. So serving and loving and 
because of that, that because of that forgiveness, then what happens? It doesn't happen overnight, but sometimes what used to rob us of our joy, we don't get robbed of that anymore because we know that the light of God has broke through the darkness. And guess what? We don't want to go back to the darkness. Other thoughts. What happens when we know that the light of Jesus Christ is, is, is real? Anybody else? We feel protected. We feel protected. Tell me a little bit more about being protected. Well, when you're protected, you have you have no fear. Okay. So instead of walking around afraid of everything, you know that God is putting a hedge of protection around you. You right. know that the Holy Spirit is within you, and you know that there's a comfort. It doesn't mean that there's never going to be anything, but there's a protection that you can lean and depend on. Because if you read this scripture again, Jesus says that the Father stands with me. He's the one who sent me, but he also stands with me. When you think of a picture of Jesus standing and God standing with him and Jesus standing with you, isn't that a pretty good picture of what it means to have that protection all around you? Yes. Have you ever been on the freeway and an accident happens and you look up and and, and you realize that, that you have just been protected? Someone wrote here that part of it looks like divine insight. You you can't get out of the house in the morning. You said if I just if I could just remember where I put my keys, and then finally when you get your keys and you leave your house, and you realize that had you left five minutes earlier, that God even sent that one little distraction of type, because there was an accident that had you left when you thought you were trying to. You could have been impacted by that. And so the, not only the divine insight, but the protection knowing that Jesus Christ seeks to cover and keep you, but also stand with you. Scripture also says that Jesus said that he would not leave or forsaken us. So the other part of this is in this understanding, the joy of the Lord is real. But even when we have trials and tribulations, that we can lean and depend on Jesus Christ in a way that maybe we couldn't see it, but because he's covering us and he's keeping us and he is who he says that he is, we can understand that it's important to know that Jesus Christ is real. I want to go back up to the top of the scripture, and I want to read this uh, passage from verses 1 uh, through um, 11. Um, if somebody has a, has the Bible there, if they could read for me, because I want to talk about how this um, early part of this passage um, connects into the part that we already read. Could someone read John 8, 1 through 11? Then each of them went home while Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes said that the Pharisees 
brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They, uh, you say to 11? Yes, ma'am. Okay. They said that this is to test him so that they might have some charge or bring, to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away and one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. Okay. I want to help you help us look at this scripture through a lens that at the end, the woman who was accused and Jesus is standing side by side, and he says to her, Woman, where are they? In other words, where are the people who have condemned you or accused you? Because it, throughout this, a lot of times people will say, Testing. Can you hear us? Hello? Hello? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure what went on with the phone, but we're we're still going to move, keep on moving. The scripture there reminds us that Jesus is standing with the woman, the woman who has been accused. But because Jesus teaches that if you have not sinned, you be the one who threw the first stone. So we are all sinners saved by grace. And the reality of it is they wanted to present her as the one who was caught in this sin. But what Jesus does is he exemplifies exactly what is going on at this moment of what is said before. I'm not here to judge, but I'm here to allow you to see that I am the light of the world. He was her light of the world at that moment because he stood with her. He taught not only, but he taught people who had made up their mind that she was needing to be stoned. 
But when he finally said, step over this line and you be the one that throws the first stone, there was no nothing that could be done. And so in reality at that moment, where was the sinner? We're all sinners saved by grace. And he sends her there and says, go now and live your life of sin. So this is a direct sign of her being forgiven and her life being restored and renewed. So when we see the light of Jesus Christ in action, the whole point of it is also to recognize he's a, the one who will forgive and the one who is capable of restoring and reconciling our life. Questions, thoughts? Hello? Hello. Okay. I, I'm, uh, our phone it got a little challenging here, but we're like I said, we're still going to press on. Anybody want to respond any more about recognizing the light of God and uh, the testimony of, of your faith and, and how Jesus has uh, done marvelous and miraculous things in your life? Anybody want to share um, any particular thing about your testimony? Well, my main testimony is that uh, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I uh, just leaned on the Lord and I said, Lord, you know what I need and you're the one that can do it. And so he healed my body and he brought me through. And I'm still running on, running on. I'm 82 years old and I'm still running. Amen. Amen. Any other testimonies about seeing the light of the Lord in your life? Okay. Why don't we get our uh, prayer request um, placed tonight? Um, any particular prayer request? I want to lift up our students. And uh, persons who are grieving. Um, And we've had a lot of um, violence and shooting. So, you know, I really want us to uh, pray for the peace in our community. Um, Near and around the church, there have been a lot of uh, accidents. Um, So... uh, you know, my prayers that people would drive more, um, not uh, drive more cautiously, um, but uh, you know, caring on the road. So those would be prayers that I would be lifting up, as well as our college students. Any other prayer requests? Please pray for the city of Philadelphia. Okay. And pray that we can learn to reach out and touch one another and and pray that all this violence, whoever is supplying these people with with these guns, pray that they will come to their senses and stop selling these guns to these young kids. Also, I want to add my son, Shane. Okay. All right. Well, we'll lift Shane up. All right. Pray also for the President of the United States and his safety. Okay. All right. 
And I and I would also pray that we um, really begin to communicate with one another in a sense of love. There's a lot of hatred and anger, um, but also a lot of disrespect. I mean, there are people on the news, there are people on the airwaves, and you know, many times we say, well, you know, this is my my right and you know, freedom of speech, and and I understand that, but so much of this is 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 based in, in derogatory and, and hatred, and um, it, it's not promoting peace. It's, it's promoting destruction. Pray for our language with one another around the world. Other prayer requests? All right, well, let's go to God in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a merciful and mighty God. Whether we are in this city or that city or a city around the world, God, we need peace that surpasses all understanding. Father God, I ask that you would just gather up all the persons with guns and violence and hatred and really begin to help us to see that that is an act of, these are acts of destruction. God, this violence has to stop and peace must prevail. Father God, there are families around the world who are grieving because their children have been gunned down and anguish and circumstances and students who are feeling like they're hopeless. So, God, instead of pressing forward and relying upon you, God, to be their strength, Lord, they are just running after drugs and guns and destructive behavior. So, God, I ask that you would just... Help us to stop and hear that you are a God of love and grace. God, we pray for how to care one another and love one another. We lift up our college students. We lift up Shane and we lift up President Obama, his safety for his family. But, God, I pray that where all of this destruction and all of this, um, you know, on TV and every place that someone's really in for, God, we pray that your peace must fail at this time. Instead of it being a world of destruction, bring us to you. For, Father God, you said in Scripture that when we turn from our wicked ways, you will heal our land. So, God, I ask that you would not only remind us that you are the light of the world, but that you would bring forth peace where there is all of this hatred. And, Father God, we thank you that in the midst of everything, that you are one that can heal those on our sick and shut-in list, and those that are uh, feeling like they're lonely, that you can take the body of Christ and make us be attentive and the hands and the feet that will serve others, from the VA hospital to the school on the corner, from around the block all the way up to the edges of the world. But, God, you're using each of us. Help us to be a testimony. And, Father God, as we leave this time of prayer and study during this Lenten season, to return to our individual lives, our own circumstances, Father God, help us to go forth stronger in faith and in hope. Because, God, we know that you stand with Jesus, and Jesus stands with us, and the Holy Spirit surrounds all of us. Help us to see that you made all things new in Jesus Christ. For he is the light of the world, and as we go forth to be the witnesses to others about the goodness of the
the love of Jesus Christ. Help us to rely upon you so that we will be guided to pray and we will be guided to love and serve and teach and reach, not for our sake, but so that the world may be changed and transformed. Help us to be bold, courageous, faithful, and willing to live for you each and every day of our lives. We ask this in your precious son Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I'm Dr. Jackie King with Jones Memorial United Methodist Church. We have worship every Sunday at 845 and 11 a.m. Invite somebody to come to worship, if not here with us, in the house of the Lord. And we will continue to pray for one another, and we ask that you would just continue to lift each other up throughout this Lenten season. And on any given day, we know that God's grace is real. Lean and depend upon the Lord so that our lives can be changed and transformed. So when we hear the word that Jesus is the light of the world, we will know that he continues to break through the darkness of sin and restore and reconcile us unto the Lord. Have an awesome week. Look forward to studying again next week. And be blessed. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.